One year ago on this stage, I came out and introduced the new theme for 2020, and it was delight. Never realized how important that would become to us in 2020 to wake up every day and delight in the Lord. And hopefully you have daily (laughs) delighted in the Lord because he has been our sustenance and our strength and he has been faithful and quite frankly, he has brought us to this point. You're here today and I am here today because of God's faithfulness. Amen to that. And we're grateful for that. Someone said to me this week, we need to just do delight again in 2021 and probably do but we're not going to, but practice that on your own. Our hope is the principles and the word of God that was delivered to you over this past year, you're applying them to your life. Early this morning, I get up at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning. It's been a habit for 25 years to prepare my mind and heart for the three services that we're in now. And I pull out my message and I walk through it and I pray and ask God to shape it some more and it's all typed out, or just the outline, and so I walk through it. But I had a restlessness in my heart this morning when I arose as I began to walk through my message, and I soon realized this restlessness wouldn't go away, and I knew that I needed to address it, so I began to pray and say, God, what, what, are, you, what are you trying to tell me here? Lord, show me from Scripture. What is this? And it soon became apparent that um, he didn't want me to deliver this message. And so it's typed out, it's finished, and be quite frank, it was probably good preaching. (laughs) Um, But um, the Lord spoke to my heart this morning, and I knew that he wanted me to go in this direction. In light of all that happened in our world this week, how can we not pause and address it in a way that I believe is the most powerful way to mankind, and that's through prayer. We hold the key to our future in God through prayer. And so I began to text Jeremy early in the morning and sent him a message, and the two of us began to talk this morning early, and I shared with him what the Lord had laid on my heart, and it was obvious Jeremy was 100% in agreement and excited as I was. So we are here today, and this is... By God's grace, today's message is handwritten at 5 a.m. this morning, and I believe this is what God wants us to hear, and I believe after the first and second service today that by God's grace, it is what he wanted for Grace Community Church. So we are going to go on a journey of prayer. It's going to be different than many of you have ever experienced And my hope is, at the end of it, that you will be lighter leaving the auditorium than when you were when you walked in, and you would be more hope-filled than you've ever been, and that because of our prayers that we've built upon after the first and second service, I said this recently, or just in between services, you guys benefit from two services praising God and two services praying. You have walked into a room that has lifted up the name of Jesus we don't know what might happen with us in this service. <laughs> and the glory of God has been real in our services. But it's also good to remember what God has done. And 2020 was a unique year. And God did some amazing things. And you're about to see some snapshots of this past year, which don't capture it all, but it captures a little And it's good to remember because we can praise God that he was faithful. Watch the clips from 2020 and delight in the goodness of our God.
it was uh, a great year. And I have uh, said this to many people that are close to me. Uh, it was probably my best year personally for me um, because I had to trust God more than I ever had to trust him in leadership. And that's a good place to be. And uh, I feel like I um, listened more and trusted him more and benefited more because of that. It's been a great year to walk the journey with you too, personally. And it's good to know that you were part of that journey this year. Because the church can't be the church without you. (laughs) How can we be a team if you don't participate and show up? And I believe by God's grace, and I don't say this proudly, I say this with humility, Grace has some amazing men and women who love Jesus Christ and who are warriors. And I am humbly proud to be part of that team. As we think about moving forward, we have to tap into our God. And as we look throughout Scripture, any time that the people of God needed to find their way through something, it began with, during, before and after prayer. Yet, I'm going to push some of you outside of your box a little bit. You're like, well, that's nothing new, Pastor Jim. But I want you to think something about prayer. I want you to consider today to allow the Holy Spirit to push you outside of how you do pray and the posture there is. By the way, this has nothing to do with personality. It has nothing to do whether you're an introvert, an ambivert, or an extrovert. This has everything to do listening to the Spirit of God and saying, God, this is what you want me to do to be all in with prayer with you. And so maybe along this journey, you have chosen a pathway to pray God to God this way. And maybe today, the Spirit of God will push you outside of that because Scripture gives us all different kinds of pictures of ways to pray. Let me begin and show you a couple. Just listen to these. But I'll begin with this. This is why we should pray. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There is this picture in Scripture is if we turn from our evil ways, we seek his face, that God will hear our prayers and he will heal our land. There's this acknowledgement that we must acknowledge that we have sin in our lives, so we need to address personal sin and corporate sin so that God can hear and then we seek his face and then he heals our land. There is a system in place that this must happen in order for this to happen. And so today we're going to go on a journey of prayer. Listen to some of the postures that are demonstrated in prayer. Psalm chapter 86 and verse 9. Please don't turn there. Just listen to these. Psalm 86 and verse 9 says this. This is one of the ways that Scripture gives us to pray. It says in Psalm 86, 9, All the nations you have made will come and worship prostrate before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. So there's this picture in scripture, not just here, but many times where there's a position of us lying prostrate before God, worshiping him and praying to him. Let me just ask a personal question. Have you ever done that? Have you ever prostrated yourself before the living God? Not before man, but before God. Scripture gives evidence that this is a posture of saying, God, I trust you, God. I beg you, God. I implore you, God. I worship you. I am not holy enough to be here only by your grace and the work of Jesus on the cross and knowing him that the divine attributes of him and the inheritance of his goodness is on me that I can even be in your presence so I lie prostrate before you. And Psalm 95 and verse 6 Here's another way that we can pray. It says, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. There's a sense, when is the last time that you knelt in prayer? Kneeling 
requires sacrifice. It's an acknowledgement, God. It's not about me. It's all about you. And I am humbling myself before you. And I want you to know the earnestness of my heart for you. And I am begging you, God, to work through these prayers. Paul, who was a mentor of a young aspiring pastor by the name of Timothy wrote two letters to Timothy in the New Testament. And in these letters that he wrote to Timothy, he encouraged him. And and so encouraging him, he said this to Timothy. Young Timothy, who wanted to be a pastor, he said this in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 8. Paul says this, Therefore, I want men everywhere to pray. He said, Timothy, make sure the church that you lead, the churches that you're preaching to, make sure men everywhere are praying. And then he said this, not only I want men everywhere to pray, but lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. There's this posture of pray with your hands lifted up, not in anger, And not in disputing, but acknowledging, God, you are God. When's the last time as a man or a husband or a single man that you have actually lifted up holy hands in prayer? The Bible gives us a prostrate position. The Bible gives us bowing down. The Bible gives us a kneeling position. The Bible gives us this position of God. You are awesome awesome. I give you everything and I am lifting up holy hands in prayer to you and acknowledging you as God of overall. David, after he sinned, I should say one of the many times he sinned like we do, he did a census and God didn't want him to And so God came after him and basically said, I'm going to do one of these three things. You choose what I'm going to do to the people of God because of your sin. And David responded. It says this, listen to this in 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 10. It says, David was conscious stricken after he had counted the fighting men. And he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, Lord, I beg you. Take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. And then it says this. This was God's response to David after he cried out. In 2 Samuel 24 and verse 25, it says, David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then the text says, then the Lord answered his prayer. But let me just say, in the Hebrew, this word answer doesn't give the teeth what this word really means in the Hebrew. Not just answered, but it says God was moved by his prayer on behalf of the land. And it says, and the plague on Israel was stopped. Why? Because a man repented of his sin, cried out for mercy. And our God never runs out of mercy, praise God for that. And then he implored the Lord. And it says God was moved by his prayer. And he brought healing to the land. And he stopped the plague on earth. So we're going to go on a journey. And I'm going to ask you to join me. And I'm going to ask you to do whatever the Spirit of God calls you to do. Maybe he's asking you to kneel. Maybe he's asking you to stand and lift up holy hands. Maybe he's asking you to lie prostrate on the floor. But we're going to go on a journey of prayer. I want you to grab your Bibles and have them ready. And we're going to go on a journey of prayer together. I'm going to kneel throughout this time. And I invite you to do whatever the Spirit of God. Maybe you sit. Maybe you stand for parts of it. Maybe you kneel now and you're saying, I'm going to bow before God. And we're going to go on a journey. So do whatever the Spirit of God is asking you to do. Whatever you feel led to do, I encourage you. Kneel. Lay prostrate. But hear from the Lord. I want you to hear from the Lord. I want you to be pushed outside of your normal box. Because we need God and we need him to move in a powerful way. 
So I'm going to give you a minute to hear from God the posture that he wants you to be in for this service. The word of God says this. That we should search our hearts and see if there's any offensive way in us. And so that's where we will begin. Because sin puts a ceiling towel between us and our prayers. Literally. We pray and our prayers bounce off of this barrier that's between us and God. And maybe the very reason you're not seeing the breakthrough you want in your marriage, the breakthrough that you want in your, in your life, the breakthrough that you want for an answer is because there is a rift between maybe you and your spouse. In fact, husbands, it says, if we haven't made right a relationship and there's unforgiveness in our marriage that when we pray, there is a ceiling towel between us and God and the prayer is blocked. The Bible also says if we haven't forgiven others, then God himself won't forgive us and there is a rift or a ceiling towel or a barrier between us and God in our prayers and when we pray, it hits that barrier. And maybe there's just hidden sin in your life and you know it. It's a secret you haven't dealt with, but God does. But the Word of God says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's where we begin. I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart and to reveal the sin in your life. And the good news is this, when we confess, God forgives. And not only does he forgive, he chooses not to remember it anymore. And we don't have to look back because therefore is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And we can move on. So, go ahead. In the quietness of your heart, clean your hearts before God. Come on, get it right. Teenagers, get it right. Young adults, get it right. Singles, get it right. Men and women that are married, get it right. Men, women, grandparents, siblings, get it right. Like, go all in. Just confess. You know the struggle. You know that familiar sin. You know what's hidden from mom and dad. You know where you're toiling. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's fretting and worrying. Maybe it's, it's you're walking in fear and you're not walking in faith. Maybe it's the sin of omission. Maybe it's not the sin of commission, things you have done, but the things that you've chosen not to do and God has called you to it. Maybe it's a sin of selfishness. I'm going to do it my way. I don't need anyone else. And so I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. Maybe it's your lethargic walk with God. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's fear that plays its way out in the choices that you're making to not be bold in your faith. Maybe you're bitter and angry and resentful towards someone or something. And maybe you think you deserve more, so you hold things against someone. Just confess those sins. Maybe it's your need to be right when you just need to surrender your will. Maybe it's something you're holding on to because you can't release control and you are trying to control your life. 
and therefore you are shoving God out. Just confess those sins. There's freedom on the pathway ahead. Freedom is on its way. If we confess, He forgives. It's a new fresh start for you and for all of us. Just dump your sins at the cross and leave them there. You have been forgiven. I want to begin now by exalting the name of God. The Bible says that that we overcome the evil one by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. In other words, praises, things that God has done for us, when we speak those, we overcome the enemy. And literally, we push and kick Satan to the curb. And so as we exalt the name of God, as we we proclaim his praises, a testimony to his goodness, and we speak it out in praise, Darkness flees. So speak out some praises and testimonies. Out loud, where you're at, hear me out. It's not a praise until you speak it out. And Satan can't hear what you're thinking inside, so speak it out and kick him to the curb. Go ahead, all over. Just just speak out praises to God and testimonies. Don't be afraid to speak them, just speak them. Thank you, God. Just keep speaking them. Speak them out. You want to be used by God? Speak out praises. Come on, husbands, lead the way. Come on. Where's the Daniels out there? Dare to be a Daniel. Speak out those praises, men and women. Come on, don't be afraid. Be bold. Exalt his name. His name is above all names. And when you speak his name, demon, demons flee. Chase him away. Kick him to the curb. Amen. Amen. What's a name? What's an attribute about God? Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it's a word that comes to mind. When you think about God, like what comes to mind? Just, just speak out that truth about our God. Just, just speak it out loud. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, fight for your families, fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. Speak them out. Just speak out the truths and what? Overcome the evil one. Amen. Speak out those testimonies. Where's the Daniels? Where's the teenagers that are dare to be Daniels? Where are they at? Where are they at? Speak it out. Speak out a praise about Jesus. Where's the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's? Where are they at? Where are they at? Where's the Josephs? 
Where's the Ruth? And the Word of God is alive and active. Scripture tells us sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates the bone and marrow of our lives. And the Bible says that God's Word does not return void. In other words, when we speak it, it doesn't come back empty. It comes back fulfilled. And God's word is truth. It's, it's the only book that we have that only has truth. And when we speak and pray God's word, we are speaking back what already we know about God, what he's already able to do. And so when we speak his word, we're saying, God, this is what we want to see happen. What Bible passages come to mind that you just want to stand with and declare and, and, and read out? Maybe it's, maybe it's a verse or two verses that you've taken to memory and you just want to speak them out at truth and say, this is what I know to be true and I declare the truth of God. Just, just, just speak out, stand and, and pray out those, those verses or that, that come to mind. Just, we can do multiple people. Just stand and pray and speak them out. God can hear multiple verses at the same time. Just stand and speak. And what's a verse that comes to mind? You just want to declare and speak out. Just stand and speak out that verse. Read out that verse. Speak them out, speak them out. teenagers where's our teens going to stand and speak some truth where you at speak it out speak it out pray for our country, let's pray for our leaders, let's pray for those that God has in leadership and more than ever the body of Christ needs to be praying, 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 not trusting in another social platform, not trusting in a man but asking God to empower those that are in leadership. Let's pray for our country, let's pray, let's pray that God would restore what the enemy is trying to steal, that, our, that he, he would turn our hearts back to him, that he would forgive us of our sins and he would redeem what's being broken. Just stand and pray or sit and pray. and just Let's pray for our country and our leaders. Just pray out, pray out. What's the Spirit bringing to mind? 
Come on, pray, pray. Come on, church. This is our chance. When the church prays, God moves. Hear our prayers, God. Hear our prayers. Come on, speak it out, speak it out. Let the enemy hear it. Let the enemy hear it. Let him hear it. In Jesus' name. When Peter was in prison, when he was in prison, keep praying. When Peter was in prison, it said the church prayed, said that angels came and delivered him. It was, he, was, he had a vision. He wakes up, he's on the outside, and he goes and knocks on the door of the church that was praying. And they actually slam the door shut because they can't believe that it's Peter. And he finally says, hey, it's Pete. And God answered the prayers, and he was delivered because the church prayed, the church prayed, the church prayed, the church prayed, and God was moved. Pray for our country, pray for our leaders. Pray that the church would repent and pray that we would turn to God. God, hear the prayers of your saints. God, hear the prayers of your church. We believe, God, we believe that you can bring healing, that you can turn the tide, that you can bring peace, that you can triumph from this chaos, that, that God, that you rule and the heart of the king is in the hand of God. We believe that. Act, God, act, act. Now pray for you. Maybe it's you. Maybe, maybe you're the problem. Maybe, maybe you walk in fear. Maybe you walk in anxiety. Maybe you walk in fret and worry. Maybe you have sidelined yourself. Maybe just that you're the reason that, that, and we're the reason that God's not moving in our homes, in our marriages, in our schools, on our teams, and, and as coaches, and as teammates, and as employers, as employees. Maybe our businesses aren't seeing what could be seen because we don't walk with a holy boldness. So, so pray as they did in Acts. Pray for a holy boldness for yourself. I can't do it for you. Do it for yourself. Maybe you now just stand with your hands, lift it up, say, God, I want a holy boldness in my walk with you. Just, just pray it out. Come on, pray it out. Pray it out, church. Pray for yourself. Out loud. Pray out loud for yourself. God will answer it. Do you want a holy boldness? Do you want to be used by God? Pray that he will use you. Pray that you'll set aside whatever reservation you keep allowing you to stay on the sidelines. Just pray, God, give me a holy boldness. God, answer the prayers of your saints. They're crying out, God. May we be the boldest followers of Christ that we've ever been. For your glory, God, no attention to us, but for your glory. We are the plan. There's no other plan to take the gospel to the nations. We are plan A. There's no plan B. Give us a holy boldness to share the gospel. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray for revival in our land. Let's just pray for revival. I heard a brother say one time when I was young, you want to see a revival take place? Draw a circle and jump inside of it. Pray for revival in our land. Just pray that the churches would be Christ-centered, that homes would be Jesus-centered, that we would trust more in Jesus than we do social media and news, that we would cling to the truth and not fake news. Pray for revival. God, please, God, come. God, take over. God, we invite you, God. We want you. We need you. 
bring a revival to our marriages, to our schools, to our teams, to our workplaces. Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on. Bring it, God. Bring it. How about lost people, people that you long to see, understand Jesus, and know him personally? Maybe it's a name, maybe it's a, maybe it's a house, maybe it's a school. Maybe it's just like, God, I want this school all to come to Christ. And maybe it's a team, maybe it's co-workers, maybe it's a business, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's, maybe it's someone that near and dear to you, just speak out their name, pray for their salvation, pray salvation over the home. Just, just stand and pray, God, save them, God, save them, save them. Speak it out, speak it out. God, hear our prayers. Come on, pray. Come on. We are the church. Come on. Your prayer could be the very one that tips the scales to your friend coming to Christ. Your prayer could be the reason that Bible studies go public in your schools. Your prayer could be the one where there's a revival amongst your classmates, your teammates. Your prayer could be the very reason that revival takes place in the workplace. Your prayer could be the very reason that the dream that you want to see fulfilled in your life comes to fruition. Pray, 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 pray. Please, God, please. What's that thing that you keep bringing back to God? What's that desire of your heart? Those that delight in the Lord, He will give them the desires of their hearts. What's that thing that you're saying, Lord, I dream that this would take place. And God, I commit when, when this comes through, I'll hand it over to you and I'll be the best steward of this dream so that you get great glory. What's that thing that you want to see yourself delivered of or given or dream or what's that issue that continues to try to drag you down? Just pray it out, pray it out. Come on, pray it out. Give it to God. Let, let him take it and make it come true. Come on, pray it. Pray it out loud. Just pray it. What did you walk in with? What keeps you up at night? What, what do you want to see happen as a college student? What is a future dream? Where, where, where do you have uncertainty and unknown? You're saying, Lord, I have uncertainty. I need this, God. Please, God. He says he can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Just give it to him. Give it to him. Amen. Please, God, please. I agree, so be it. Please, God, I agree. So be it. Amen. Yes, God. Amen. Amen, God. Amen. Amen. Come on, pray him out. Amen. 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 Come on, who do you want to stand in the gap for now? Come on, stand in the gap. Come on. Stand between the living and the dead. Come on. Come on. Others, where you who you want to stand in the gap for? Pray for him. Got a sister here standing in the gap for a sister. Come on, stand with holy hands and stand in the gap. Say, God, here I am. I'm not moving. Until God, you bring deliverance. Until you bring breakthrough, God. We believe you can. Please, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, God. Come on, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, God. We believe, we believe. God, hear the prayers of your saints. Hear them, God. Come on, God.
Just tell God you love Him. Just tell Him you love Him. He's here. Just express whatever words you want to say. I love you, God. I love you. Tell Him. Just tell Him. He loves to hear the adoration. Just tell Him. Tell Him you love Him. Every father wants to hear that from his kids. I love you, Dad. Amen. 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 And God, I pray this prayer over your people here, Grace Community Church, that I dearly love. And I pray that out of, as Paul prayed to the church at Ephesus, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you, Grace, with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, Grace Community Church, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's in work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. God, I pray as Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 for the church at Ephesus. I pray for the church at Grace Community Church. I pray that the eyes of their hearts may be enlightened in order that they may know the hope to which he has called them, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and that they would know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That same power that was his mighty strength he exerted when you raised Christ from the dead and you seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, when you seated him far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And I pray that they would recognize that God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And I pray that they would know that we have been raised with Christ and we are seated with him in the heavenlies, with Jesus Christ. And that in order in the coming ages, we may know the power that exists in us because of Jesus. Please, God. Oh, Lord, I pray that we would take these truths that we prayed. And God, that we would walk this week. And yet, even as we sing out these praises in worship now, I pray, God, they would be more than words and that we wouldn't be listless, but we would give our all to you, God, because how great is our God? How great is our God? How great is our God? There is no God like our God. Please, God, come, God. May you be honored in our praise right now. In Jesus' name, amen.